true crime addicts. I'm Taylor. And I'm Kara. And this is The Latte Murder, a podcast where we have no idea what we're doing. But we continue to do it anyway. Grab a cup of caffeine. And join us for a latte fun. Here we go. Hi, true crime addicts. How's everyone's week going? Good? Bad? Ugly? Fun? Fun? Scary? Great? Good times? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> no? Nothing? All right. Tough, all right. tough crowd. All right. This week we have all my animals up here with me. So if you hear dogs, cats, no hedgehog is up here. How is Zelda doing after her surgery? She's good. She's not on drugs. She's on pain meds. And I had to put it on her ear, and that was difficult. Oh, I bet she loved that. Yeah. She is the grouchiest hedgehog ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I had to give her oral medicine every morning. Loved that. Good. Good. <laughs> so now she's off meds. Still still doing well. You said that you gave her wheel back to her? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I gave her her wheel back so she could actually run at night and not, not wreak havoc on the rest of her cage. That's good. Because everything was just, like, destroyed. She'd spill her water. She'd spill her food. Well, she's freaking out. She's like, where's my wheel? That's all I run on. I know. She probably got that, too. When uh, Kara watches me, or watched me, that's <laughs> all I did. lost her. No. Kara lost. I did not. <laughs> that's a lie. You did. You did lose her. I have no idea. I, I checked the locks <laughs> on the cage. I have no idea how she got out. I don't believe you. <laughs> I checked. I don't. I believe that there I don't was do latches the, undone. <laughs> I don't do the tailored checking yeah, method. Yeah, exactly. But that's why I checked. Yeah. So Kara watched her. I couldn't for a find week her. Couldn't find her. <laughs> I hit my mic real hard there. Oh. My bad. Oh well. Sorry. We don't have like those floating mics that true broadcasters have. The ones that like hang down. No. Next step, when we get. 100,000 subscribers. <laughs> Thank you, everybody who followed us on Instagram. We have over 100 followers on Instagram. Ooh, hopefully you guys all listen. <laughs> we were really surprised because we were getting like an average of what, like six followers a day in yeah. like the last week. And yeah. we were like, what? And we don't really do anything on Instagram like to follow. Like we follow other accounts, but we don't like go and follow a bunch of accounts just for followers. Right, so. right. That's why I was surprised we had so many. Yeah, I kept getting alerts like, so-and-so followed you on Instagram. So-and-so followed you on Instagram. And I'm like, what? You're like, what? People like us? Or they just see it, see the page and like, I'll follow. Which is fine, too. Yeah. We appreciate support. Hopefully we can get people listening that follow us. Yeah. 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 And shout out to all the other new True Crime podcasts that follow us and reach out yeah. to us. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's awesome. Support. Support your small businesses. Yeah. <laughs> Small podcasts, small businesses, everything. I love buying, like, things from, like, small businesses, too. too. Like, you on Etsy and on just if they have, like, mm -hmm. websites. I buy a lot of, like, book-related things from people that, yeah. there's just, a, like, make them. There's, like, a assignment shop in my, uh, in the town that I live in that I like to go and get clothes from and stuff and mm -hmm. support them. And a lot of my, like, business casual stuff I got from them. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. Like, surprisingly, because, like, sometimes, you know, when you go to, like, those places or you go to, like, 
Goodwill and you're looking for specific things and you mm-hmm. can't find it. Yeah. I've, like, found at least half of my businessy wardrobe stuff mm-hmm. there. I need to go there then. Which surprises me that I could even find pants because you mm-hmm. know my legs are really long. Yeah. I'm like, man, these pants are not going to fit me. They're going to be way too short. <laughs> yeah. Nope. They fit. And That's I was nice. like, oh my God. Yeah. But short, I wear like short pants. I wear like capri type dress pants. I have. That's like the style. I have that tattoo on my. Oh, yeah. Ankle that mm-hmm. is kind of big. Me too. <laughs> well, mine's kind of big. <laughs> yeah. And I work with kids. Yeah. Which, there are, like, other counselors who have tattoos. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I don't know the kids don't care. It's just for me. It's, like, the parents. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if the parents are, like, want their kid to see somebody mm-hmm. with tattoos. I don't know. So, I just make yeah. sure they're all covered. At least it's not anything satanic. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not. <laughs> which is good. Yeah. I mean, no one can complain about your anchor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a big one, though. Yeah. Well, it's fine bigger oh. than what i wanted but hey what are you gonna do shout out to tattoo artists <laughs> Ta- shout, shout out to that tattoo artist that really talked me into something that <laughs> kara's so like what is the word impressionable <laughs> or not impressionable like easily just, influenced yeah easily well, influenced. not so much anymore i don't yeah. think but that was like years ago yeah i am too so i can't say that i'm not yeah not so much I, anymore more i'm i'm like no Mm-hmm. that's not it that's like when like when we went and i got mm-hmm. the one on my arm and she put it in the wrong spot mm-hmm. i stood there for a second and i thought i should just let it go and then i thought <laughs> you know what i'm not gonna do is do that again i got flashbacks and oh i was like gosh. actually can we move it yeah well no you <laughs> but you're the worst if i if someone's with you with getting a tattoo you're like but do you like it like this? Like where? Like, like where should is, I get it? Is should this I okay? move it? Should I move it? I don't and I'm know like, where to get this. What should I do? <laughs> I'm like, is it's it too yours? Big? It's your I don't body. know. I don't know. I don't know if this is th- if this is it. Yeah. And if you notice, when I was getting my tattoos, I didn't ask you once <laughs> about location. I was like, this looks good, right? Yep. You went first, so I could keep moving the stencil yeah. around my body and be like, maybe here. No, it's not it. Yeah. Which which way should I do it? Because the one I got is like. Whether it's upside down or not, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. But mm-hmm. with what's around it, like, kind of, mm-hmm. it, like, I don't know. Yeah. You had to, like, it, like a certain way. Yeah. So, like, I don't know <laughs> here. Oh, God, I don't know. What what side should this flower be yeah. on? This side or this side? I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yep. You're difficult. But yeah. it's okay. But then I have That's tattoos where I'm like, screw it. Just do it. Right yeah. here. Right? Just give it to Who me. Who cares? Impulsively. Yeah. That's how I am with my tattoos. I'm like, oh, well, it's not, like, in a place that's, like, like moving in an inch isn't really going to change it for me. Like, I'm like, eh, yeah. it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> but I love all my tattoos. Kara, how many tattoos do you have? I have five. I have eight. And I got my first one before you, and, and you're you're beating me. Yeah. But then we both got two at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have eight, and I have one that's a lot bigger than Kara's. Oh, my God. You just went... You were like, yeah, just make it bigger. <laughs> and I was like, when you when uh, she put the ink, like the stencil mm-hmm. on you, I was like, that's really big. Yeah. You're like, you like it? I'm like, yeah, but it's a little big. Yeah. No, but that's I'm not even thinking about that one. I'm thinking about my thigh. Oh. My thigh's huge. No, I was thinking about the one that's like on your. <laughs> on my side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my side one I like. I think it's a good size for my side. Because then if I wear like a crop top you can like see the bottom of it yeah so it's kind of like ooh, what's that because i yeah i didn't know but i i wasn't there when you got your thigh mm-hmm. one yeah that one's big yeah that you've one's seen too. it though yeah, yeah. So. not in person i've seen it you never yeah. showed me in person i'm sure i've worn shorts and stuff oh maybe <laughs> 
maybe yeah because they have seen pictures and pictures always make things look bigger yeah i mean it's big it's probably like at least close to a foot like i don't know let me see it i don't i have i don't (laughs) care oh yeah it's like from here to here that is what that's longer than a foot yeah so just pulled out my pants (laughs) what are you gonna do oh don't tell your husband yeah (laughs) he uh he listens sometimes like he like skips through it and then he's like why would you say that about certain things or when um when you do the he was like what is that <laughs> like that was oh my god, oh my god forest <laughs> almost sp- <gasps> my dude <laughs> almost spilt my coffee everywhere oh my and he typed in your document <laughs> there's cat just kamikaze onto the desk oh my god yeah he does that sorry i spilled my coffee <laughs> two weeks or know. no it wasn't last week but two weeks here in a row forrest is my problem child he acts he is the middle child technically i guess him and like my one dog are but he's like the epitome of <laughs> a middle child my dog is an only child like, she's the only dog I have, but she acts like an only child. Yeah. I'm going to stereotype only children here for a second. <laughs> but she's spoiled. She thinks she deserves everything. She's needy. Yeah. She yells. She talks back to me. I'll go, Mika, no. And then she'll talk back to me and go, <laughs> like, making little Sheba noises. What a diva. She's, she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to just say it. Let's tell her. Let's say how it is. Yeah. No, oh my, Forrest is just the tr- the bad one. As right now, he's seriously scratching at a bug that's he's not able to get. His tail's just, like, right in your face. I know. I think I'm just gonna hold my coffee. <laughs> I'm trying to prevent it. <gasps> oh my god. As he breaks your laptop almost oh in half. Dude, I don't have Apple Care on this laptop. <laughs> you can't break it. Oh my gosh. I can't afford another laptop. Every week, Karen's like, I don't have Apple Care. <laughs> I get nervous. Let me move him. Mika, um, today I had my laptop on the floor and she usually doesn't bother it, but I'm in the bathroom and I hear her scratching. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is she scratching at? And I look down the steps and she's scratching at my closed laptop, like on the lid. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, oh no, no. Oh no. my gosh. I'm like, this is at least two years worth of food for you. <laughs> if you break this, you ain't getting food for two years. The last two years of your life. <laughs> you ain't getting food for two years. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. What else you got? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm good. Are you having a good week? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was. It felt long as it was happening, but then at the end of the week, I was like, oh, it went by pretty quick. So that was me last week. Yeah. I don't know if anyone listened to episode. Four, but I think mm. you could definitely tell I was not all mentally there. Yeah. I was editing it like, God, Kara, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Kara had a hard week, and I talked over her. That's okay. I have a ton of stuff for this week to yeah. make up for it. Yeah, I'm sorry for everyone hearing my voice most of the time. I just, last I week. was not with it last week. Yeah, that's okay. I was stressed out and anxious. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah, just gotta put it aside and be like. It's time to podcast. It's time for some murder. Only true crime matters. There has been a murder. <laughs> what is that from? Oh, The Office. Yes. <laughs> I missed that I show. That. Yes. There has been a murder. 
I wanted. I always wanted to do one of those. Like a murder mystery. Me too. I feel like I'd be really good at it if I was the killer. Oh, I wouldn't. I feel like I'd be really good. <laughs> we need to do the hunted killer boxes that I have. Yeah. Because that's like, I Kay. think you would like it. Next time John's like out, like yeah. overnight somewhere, I'll just come over. We'll have wine again. Okay. And we'll just do it all night. Solve a murder. Murder. Yeah. So if anyone has like a hunted killer box, has done it in the past. Let us know. Not, like, what to do, but, like, how yeah. what you thought about Here's the answer to <laughs> yeah. this box. Here's the killer from this yeah. box. No, I think it's one killer, and it's, like, you get eight boxes, and, oh. like, you have to, like, keep adding up clues every week. Oh, I get... thought... I so thought... it's kind of, like, I mean, we have all the boxes, but, like, if you were subscribing to it, it would be every, oh, like... I thought every long. box was a different case. No. Ooh. All one case, and then you have to, like, all put it together. So it's, like, you're getting, like, clues throughout while you're getting the boxes so yeah i'll Michael, let you guys know if we so do that. well who says that line um don't tell me i've definitely seen this show more than you No. Have. oh yeah you have i know my favorite show <laughs> you're obsessed i love it um it was um what's her face phyllis yep <laughs> i don't know why i couldn't think of like her name i saw phyllis. her face i know her name's phyllis in real life too phyllis oh yeah. yeah she was like not supposed to be no she, she was, was like a writer of, right or, she was part of like casting so Pinky oh yeah like, who would do casting mm-hmm. and they were impressed with like when she would read like mm-hmm. back and forth with the people auditioning <laughs> they were like here here's a yeah here's a part making you. you a person here's a part for you yeah and then angela auditioned to be pam, pam yeah. which i'm like nope imagine nope she played her part so well yeah like her her character yeah. was just which, like so and she's not at all yeah imagine like angela and jim i like that couldn't happen no they couldn't have i feel like if it was angela they couldn't have cast john krasinski like because no. i don't see them together well it's funny because when you like see interviews with uh jenna fisher and john krasinski mm-hmm. they both say how they were super hoping that the other one got the part mm-hmm. so when they each got the call saying that they got the part they both asked about each other Aww. so john was like who's pam is it jenna uh-huh. And and Jenna was like, "Who's Jim? Is it John?" <laughs> it's it, That's so funny. And I'm like, Emily, Emily I Blunt. <laughs> Why is John married to her? And uh, her Jenna Fisher's in, yeah married to his name's Lee. I don't know. He's a writer. Oh, okay. I think he's a director and a writer. Oh okay. But that's how they met on one of his movies, mm. and she was acting in it. But I'm like, all right, Lee and Emily, listen up here. Yeah. Come on. Jim and Pam need to be together. Come on. I know they I love them. Yeah. So I always go back and forth on if I like them more, if I like Marshall and Lily more from How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah. Well, I I think Marshall though in How I Met Your Mother is like my all time favorite character. I just love him. Yeah. <laughs> just like as like a character. So yeah, I have to like pick him as a favorite. Yeah. I just love him. I Marshall's just want to like funny. be friends with him. And that's why my dog is named Marshall. <laughs> no, that's not it. No, it's one of the reasons. Because yeah, but you spelled it like yeah. um, Animal Crossing. Yeah, so yeah. I play Animal Crossing. Kara does too, not as much as me. No, I played maybe about an hour of Animal yeah. Crossing, and I was like, I, I really don't know what oh to do. Gosh. What am I supposed to do? Just we'll pick up sticks together. all day? <laughs> like, we'll what am I supposed to do? We'll get together, and we'll do it. I like my Spyro game, thank you very much. Yeah, that's a good game. Spyro the Dragon. But, um... It's cute. Yeah, my dog's name is Marshall from an Animal Crossing character, the new Animal Crossing, and also How I Met Your Mother. I love How I Met Your Mother. Ending and office. Eminem. <laughs> I do like Eminem. Like Marshall. Marshall Mathers. Marshall Mathers. Yeah. I do like Eminem. I love Eminem. I think he's my favorite rapper. But so many good rappers. I just... 
I just appreciate it. I grew up with Eminem's like, music, so mm-hmm. let's see. All right, this week, who are we doing, Kara? Who was your pick? So I picked Lizzie Borden. If you follow us on Instagram and you guessed right in the story of whose photo that was, that creepy photo mm-hmm. that's everywhere <laughs> when you Google Lizzie Borden, yeah. that is who we're doing. Did anyone guess it? You did. <laughs> I know. I didn't know if anyone else guessed no. it. No. No, you commented and said, I said, I know. I know. And I said, you don't count. Yeah. <laughs> Your existence doesn't count. That was sad. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Lizzie yeah. Borden. I know. When you said the name, it sounded familiar. And I was like, I remember hearing about that case. But for some reason, I was thinking it was more recent than what nope. it was. Nope. Yeah. It was we, we're not even in the 1900s. Yeah. Which is kind of like weird because then I can't say like, I didn't know what it was like back yeah. then to investigate a murder mm-hmm. and like what they could use as evidence and like mm-hmm. if they had fingerprints and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's interesting. So Kara has a lot. I have a little, and it's yeah. probably the same stuff that Kara. Has. I because I was like, you know what, I didn't really uh talk so much last week. Yeah. So I'm like, you cannot research as much if yeah. you don't want to. Go, Kara. So <laughs> first, I'll say my sources. Profiling Violent Crimes, an Investigative Tool by Homes and Homes. That's not true. <laughs> I listened to the podcast Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories. I listened to their podcast on this. A documentary on YouTube from the Smithsonian Channel. I think the show itself is called The Mysterious Death of, and then dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So it's Lizzie Borden, The Mysterious <clears throat> Death of. Which oh, is interesting okay. because Lizzie Borden is not the victim. Yeah. That's what I thought. That at like first, oh, when I read like the chapter in the book, yeah, yeah, before like we even decided mm-hmm. to do a podcast, I was like, "Oh, Lizzie Borden is not the victim." Yeah, didn't she's know that. just the main suspect. suspect. <laughs> um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, I have uh, my own. Well, I used a little bit from Biography.com, but then most of my stuffs from Smithsonian Magazine. Oh, nice. So it's probably similar to what you watched, like Emma. Did you know this poem? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't know I it, didn't but know I poem. saw it when I did my research. That's, like, the first thing that came up. Yeah. So, apparently, there is a common and well-known poem about the case, mm-hmm. which I didn't know. I haven't heard of this. No. But it got invented, like, the like the writing of the poem was mm-hmm. happening during the trial. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, it's that old. So, the poem is, Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41 Never no. heard of it. Yeah, me neither. It's not like I sang that in preschool. Yeah. Like a nursery rhyme. No. No. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was like starting to be a thing during and after the trial. Mm-hmm. What's, it was interesting to me because I thought I read it wrong. Because it says, it gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done. So I thought it was going to say, say when he saw, like as in her father. Mm-hmm. Like when he saw what she had done, he, she gave her father 40 wax. So I was like. I don't know. It was weird to me that it's like when she saw what she had done. Yeah. Which the numbers are off. Yeah. And it's not her mother. It's her stepmother. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yep. All right. So here's the overview of the case. It's a double homicide that took place on August 4th of 1892. The victims were Andrew Borden and his wife, Abby Borden. And it took place in Fall River, Massachusetts, which is about 50 miles from Boston. Anything else on overview? One of the most infamous cases in American criminal history, mm-hmm. which is why it's probably in your textbook. Yeah. And I, like, I didn't really know much about it, even though it's, like, supposed to be a really famous case. And Lizzie Borden is the main suspect. 
So we'll jump right into it then. Okay. So I have let's set the scene. Oh, perfect. Wow, you have, it's so organized. Mine's like, okay, this person died. <laughs> well, I told you I was I, I did a little more work yeah. this week than last week. I'm I proud just, of you. I wasn't I wasn't feeling like myself last week. Yeah, and that's not, this week I seriously didn't have time to research until yeah. last night. Yeah, that's that was kind of me last week yeah. too. Which is kind of nice working out doing the same case because mm-hmm. it's then it's not like okay, well, my individual case I'm doing is not going to have a lot of stuff on it. So at least it lets us piggyback off each other. Yeah. All right, so let's set the scene. On August 4th, (laughs) dun-dun. That's dun-dun. Like, that's in a show, like, in between scenes or something. (laughs) Dun-dun. All right, let's set the scene. On August 4th of 1892, it was an unusually hot day in Fall River. Mm. Foreshadowing. That's like in Gatsby. (laughs) No, for real. That's like in books, like th- when things happen, like murders and stuff. Mm-hmm. They say it's like hot days because mm-hmm. people get angry on hot days. Wish everyone could see my face because I hate The Great Gatsby. <laughs> so every time Taylor brings it up, I just like cringe internally. I love The Great Gatsby in my favorite book. Okay, but go on. It just sounds like it's from a book. Like, oh, it's a hot day. Like, all right, go. <laughs> it was a full moon. Just kidding. It wasn't a full moon. <laughs> Uh, the town was not used to crime. It's one of those small towns. The population was only 80,000 people. That's a lot. It was an industrious town with a mixture of rolling hills, shopping, and manufacturing. It was not considered a quote-unquote sleepy town, but a town of industry. So, you know, we're moving, you know, not back during the Industrial Revolution. Things have been starting to industrialize mm-hmm. in America. So, the industrial history in Fall River began in 1811. When Colonel Joseph Durfee and several investigators built the first cotton mill, the population grew as more mills and industry was growing. By 1830, the population was over 4,000. And then as more employment began to open, the population increasingly grew and Fall River had the highest percentage of foreign-born residents of any city in the country, which gave the town great diversity. It was the Irish immigrants, right? See, my, did you find like a lot of Irish things? In your Mm-mm. research? No. Did so, you? well, just in this one article I read, apparently, like, there was a lot of Irish people that settled in this area. A lot of people didn't like them. Like, were kind of... Ew, Irish? Yeah, like, they just didn't like them, mm-hmm. including Lizzie. And, like, Lizzie, like, didn't want to be associated with them. Or... Were they Irish? Were, were Lizzie Irish? Yeah. Lizzie? I don't think so, because she said that she wasn't. Like, that oh. she didn't like them. Oh. Hmm. That's just what I saw. Because, like... Later on, when we talk about the case, it'll be... Oh, that's something uh, different we don't have. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. It was like a big paragraph of stuff about Irish people. Hmm. Okay. So, something. Are you Irish? Uh, I'm probably part Irish, but I'm mostly Italian. I have some Scottish in me. My mom's maiden name, I won't say it, but like mm. has like the Mick at the mm, beginning and yeah. then like the third letter's capitalized. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, Scottish. Mm. Yeah. Mine's Italian. <laughs> Italian. <laughs> All right. So let's break down the Borden family. So I decided to do this because, one, the two victims are part of this family, mm-hmm. but also the people who live in the house is an important mm-hmm. concept because of the police investigation and stuff that we'll talk about later. Okay. So Andrew Borden is Lizzie's dad. He was a successful businessman who married his first wife and the mother of his two girls, Emma and Lizzie. His first wife's name was Sarah Morse, and he married her when he was 23. So he bought the house where the murder took place in 1871, 
and he was a really successful business owner. So he was the president of the local bank. He had several other business interests. He was the director of three mills in town. He owned real estate properties, and he had super expensive taste but would walk to work. Mm-hmm. So both of his daughters wanted to live in a more prestigious part of town, but he just wasn't that kind of person. Yeah. He was a self-made man. He worked his way up. He started his career as a carpenter, became a fishmonger. I don't I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and then a partner in a, in a casket company. But the more prestigious part of town part that his daughters wanted, there was no plumbing or electricity in his house. Oh, like where they lived? Yeah. Oh, okay. So even though he was prestigious and he, and he had all this money... Mm-hmm. They didn't live in a very rich part of town, and they didn't have plumbing or electricity. Mm. So they would go to the bathroom in, like, jars and stuff, Mm -hmm. and then go take it outside. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm sure the girls were like, can we... Yeah, they're like, we can afford better than this. Like, can we not? Yeah. Yeah. So after his first wife died, he married Abby, and he was thought to be a good father, be attentive to both of his girls... And even though he worked every day, sometimes 14-hour days and and on weekends, he would be devoted to his family when he was home. That's nice. Yeah. Good dad. Yeah. So let's move to Abby Borden, who is the stepmom of Lizzie. So, like I said, she's the second wife. She was 37 years old when they got married, and so she's considered an old maid. Because remember, think back, you know, these are the 1800s. Women -hmm. are expected to be married and to have kids at a certain age. Mm -hmm. So her being 37, yeah, she was considered to be an old maid. Well, she wasn't married before. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she did not have a close relationship with Lizzie or Emma, but there was never any reports of her being, like, physically abusive towards Mm -hmm. them. They just probably didn't like her because their mom passed away and she took their mom's place. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Lizzie didn't particularly like her. She never called Abby mom. She called Mm -hmm. her Mrs. Borden. Because she refused to be like, this is my mom. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't really want anything to do with her. Okay. Uh, Interesting. mm -hmm. Yeah. Lizzie was extremely adamant that Abby was not Mm -hmm. her mom, in all caps. So, Emma Borden is Lizzie's older sister. She was born on March 1st, 1851. She's eight years older than Lizzie. She was only 12 years old when their mom died. Mm. So, sad. Yeah. Very young. Mm -mm. She was never married or employed. And she lived with her parents... Then she only lived with Lizzie. Then she lived by herself until the early 1900s because her and Lizzie had a falling out over Lizzie's emerging lifestyle. And with this next part, remember, this is the 18 and 1900s. People Mm -hmm. weren't as accepting as they were today. Mm -hmm. So they supposedly had a falling out because Lizzie was possibly a lesbian. Okay. And, you know, that was not acceptable Mm -hmm. back then. Yeah. Definitely wasn't talked about much. No. If they, it was like, I feel like then it was like a hidden world that people had to like go under mm-hmm. to, if they wanted to live that lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. She bought her own home with some of the inheritance money from the family estate. Hmm. So now we have Bridget. So Bridget Sullivan is their maid. She moved to the U.S. from Ireland. There's the, yeah. there's the Irish part <laughs> that I said I didn't have. that's why. <laughs> she, Lizzie doesn't like Irish people. Oh, that's not going to be true later. Yeah. Donna. (laughs) (laughs) Donna. So she moved to the U.S. from Ireland in 1883. She was in her mid-20s when the murders occurred and had worked for the family for about six years. She did many chores like cooking, washing, and general house cleaning, but Abby, the stepmom, helped with the house cleaning stuff, and then the daughters cleaned their own rooms. So she was like a maid, but she wasn't doing like everything. Yeah. They didn't just leave everything for her. Right. 
So now we have John Morse. So he doesn't live at the house all the time, but he'll come to town to visit and then stay with them. So John Morse is Lizzie and Emma's uncle from Andrew's first wife. Okay. So he's actually their biological uncle. Maternal uncle. Yes. He's mm -hmm. not like Abby's brother. Mm -hmm. Him and Andrew were considered close friends, and he was considered the prime suspect at first. Oh, okay. Yeah, because some people tried to make something out of him coming to town the day before the murders. Mm -hmm. But he usually came to town for, like, business stuff, to visit family, mm -hmm. and, okay. and to do those, like, normal, like, visiting town yeah. kind of things. Uh, he was not at home at the time of the murders and was never officially charged. He left the house after breakfast and went to town, and many witnesses verified that they saw him in town during the times that the murders happened. Okay. But after the murders, he moved to Illinois and then to Iowa and lived there as a horse breeder. Oh, that sounds fun. Fun fact. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. And now we have Lizzie. <laughs> I have and Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> she was born on July 19th in 1860. She was only two when her mom died. Oh, wow. So her sister's older. Like, yeah. a lot older than yeah. ten years. So you would think Emma would be the one who's like, Abby, you're not my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call you Mrs. Borden. Yeah. But no, Lizzie. Hmm. Yeah, Lizzie was only two. She never got married. Mm -hmm. And so after her parents' death, but, you know, she doesn't consider Abby a parent. Yeah. She moved in with Emma, like I said, in a better part of the city and sold the family home. So after the parents died, mm -hmm. they moved into a more prestigious part of the city. Yeah. Like they wanted to from, like, when they were alive. Yeah. So friends stated that she was always upset with her father because he didn't want to move to a better part of the city, even though he had the money and the means to. Mm-hmm. Shady. Yeah. She was 32 when the murders happened. She died of natural causes in 1927 when she was only 67 years old. She left an estate of more than $200,000, and it was given to an animal humane society. Oh, wow. So that's nice. Yeah. And she's buried if anyone, you know, cares. She's <laughs> buried. <to> <laughs> yeah, you know. She's buried in Oak Grove Cemetery in Fall River with her sister and other members of the family, including her sister who died in infancy, oh, which okay. I didn't know about. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That a good overview of yeah. all of them. Because it's kind down. of like the relationships of the family members and the people who live mm -hmm. in the house are really important. Yeah. Because of all like the clues that the police were trying to put together. But it doesn't seem like nothing from that, those, their backgrounds like sticks out as like a huge thing. Like, yeah. Oh, like that's suspicious. They're all, it's, it's like, like a normal life. Yeah. You can be mad at your dad for not wanting a bigger house when yeah. you have the money to and mm -hmm. you know not kill your dad yeah <laughs> for that so yeah we'll just hop S right in supposedly kill your dad dun dun <laughs> all right the murders there has murders. been a, a murder, murder. <laughs> all right so i'm just gonna overview the the day all right so on the day of the murders bridget who again is the maid was the first I, one to wake up sorry so i have a thing um, they also called Bridget Maggie. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That was like, I don't know if it was the middle name, but I have Maggie as like in my yeah. story. So if I say Maggie, it's Bridget. Yeah. I don't know why they called her Maggie. Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, okay. I do. The podcast that I listened to said that their other maid's name was Maggie. Mm -hmm. And so they just called her Maggie, <laughs> which I'm like, okay. Rude. <laughs> like, can she have her own identity? Yeah. What the heck? I didn't know that. I just, it yeah. said like Bridget like and then maggie in quotes so 
in the article I was reading, it said Maggie as, like, her name, so that's what I have in mind. Yeah, I think their other maid's name was Maggie, and so they're like, let's just call her Maggie. Wow, for not being like, oh, we're rich, people would do that. You don't get your own. Every maid is the same. Yeah, oh my god. Work for us. <laughs> yeah. Bridget, or Bridget. Bridget and or Maggie yeah. was the first one to wake up. She lived on the third floor of the home and got up to start breakfast, so she went down the flights of stairs to get to the kitchen flights of stairs thing is important okay <laughs> foreshadowing yeah so abby the stepmom arrived in the kitchen 30 minutes after maggie mm-hmm. or bridget and then andrew the father came down about five minutes after her okay andrew carried a slop jar so you know they're, yeah they're they're wasting mm-hmm. took it outside past the barn to dispose of it so john so this is the uncle because mm-hmm. john spent the night john andrew and abby all ate breakfast together and then John left to go do business in town. Okay. Andrew leaves to go supervise the remodel of a large business structure that he had recently purchased. So at about the same time Andrew leaves, Lizzie comes into the kitchen to eat, mm-hmm. but said that she wasn't really hungry, so she only ate coffee and cookies. Okay. So the thing about that is Lizzie would sometimes skip meals with the mm-hmm. family because she just wanted to like not associate with Abby as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So, to me, this is her being, like, I don't want to eat a big meal and be down here for longer than I have to. Mm-hmm. Just give me some coffee and cookies. Yeah. So, Bridget was also ill that morning. And so, Bridget or Maggie goes outside to go throw up because she's sick. Pregnant? <laughs> no. So, when she comes back in, Abby said that she wants Bridget to clean the windows inside and out. So, with the the family was sick during this time. And Abby thought the family was poisoned because Andrew was not well-liked in the town at all. Oh, uh, why? I don't know. He just wasn't well-liked. Hmm. So. Seems like a fun guy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who though? knows? But yeah, so they weren't well-liked in the town. So mm-hmm. Abby thought that the family was poisoned. Okay. But also, sidebar, mm-hmm. a day before, a day or two before the murder, Lizzie tried to buy hydrogen cyanide, but mm. the shop owner wouldn't sell it to her. And she would tell the shop owner, like, oh, it's for science experiments. And he was like, because, again, this is the time where women mm-hmm. can't do anything. Yeah. So he was like, come back with your father. And she's like, no, mm. he doesn't approve of my science experiments. And he's like, I can't sell this to you. Interesting. Yeah, because cyanide, you know, Kills makes me people. think of Donald Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Good old Donald Harvey, his Maybe favorite. Maybe he learned from Lizzie. Oh, oh no. Yeah, because he, he didn't have a... Uh, Vernon. <laughs> didn't have Vernon anymore. Vernon. Vernon. <laughs> so, uh, if you have no idea what we're talking about, that's in episode three. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's an interesting tidbit. Yeah. I did have the... I didn't have it with cyanide, though. I had it was... I mean, it probably doesn't really matter. She tried to buy prosic acid. But, yeah, that's but what it prosic was. prosic acid is hydrogen cyanide. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I have. Yeah, yeah. prosic acid. Okay. But the shop owner was like, no, no, I cannot. Yeah. I can't sell this to you. So that's Good. just a sidebar. That comes that comes in later. Yeah. Because okay. the family was sick. So Bridget starts her chores, and she stated that that was the last time that she saw Abby alive. So according to Emma's testimony, like when they're in court and stuff later, the sisters both left the house, and Lizzie came back a period of time later around 9.15 in the mm-hmm. morning. So Bridget finds Abby abby's body mm-hmm. in the guest room where john had spent the night mm. so emma was visiting friends about 1515 miles away and would be alerted about the murders by telegram but <laughs> T- telegram <laughs> like a horse rigging rides up they're like 
I have a telegram. The <laughs> British are coming. The British are coming. <laughs> oh my god, it's not funny, but it is funny. I just imagine like a freaking guy on a horse waving a paper. But okay. <laughs> Uh, but she didn't rush home. Mm. So you find out that your stepmom and your dad are killed. Yeah. But you don't rush home. Yeah, like, let me finish what I'm doing here. And I think she was getting it. clothes made. I think she was getting fitted for, like, dresses. Mm. And that's for where she was. For her new home. Dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> but she came home that evening. Hmm. She didn't rush home. To me, I'm like, you know, if I get a telegram or even, like, a text message <laughs> or an email that Tell says, hey, we found your parents dead. Yeah. You're going to go. I'm probably going to rush home. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, break down. Yeah. There. Shady. Hmm. Yeah. Emma. So, this is Bridget's account of the day. So, this Mm -hmm. is what she testified in court. Quote, Then I washed the parlor windows on the south side of the house, the Kelly side. This was away from the screen door. Before I started washing, Mrs. Kelly's girl appeared, and I was talking to her at the fence. Then I washed the parlor windows, the two front windows. Between times, I went to the barn and got some water. I washed the dining room windows and one parlor window on the side. I went to the barn for water twice while I was on the south side of the house, went round the rear, and went three or four t- more times while I was working in the front of, in the front on the other side of the house. Then I went past the screen door to the barn. During all that time, I did not see anybody come into the house. Mm, okay. So Bridget also said that, that she saw Lizzie in the house on the second floor, then Andrew came home and went to the dining room, then the lounge. Mm-hmm. So this is what she says about that. Miss Lizzie came downstairs and came through the front entry into the dining room. I heard her ask her father if he had any mail. But I hear her tell her father that Mrs. Borden had left a note that she had gone out. Mm. So according to Bridget's testimony, mm-hmm. Abby left the house. Yeah, and came back. Correct. Mm-hmm. But in like the documentary and stuff... Abby never leaves. She... Wait, Abby? When did Abby leave? Oh, oh, you mean right. the mom. Yes, the stepmom didn't yeah, leave. Correct. But Lizzie's saying that she left. Yeah, that she left a note saying, like, mm-hmm. that she was going to go see a friend who was sick. Mm-hmm. But according to, like, other things, she's cleaning the guest room where John mm-hmm. slept. Yeah. Because, remember, she would help with the house mm-hmm. cleaning stuff. Yeah. And that's where her body's found. That's where she's killed, is in the mm-hmm. guest room that John slept in. Okay. So. And Bridget didn't say that she saw Abby leave at right. all. Okay. Right. So, so that's, so, and there's also things where, like, yeah, Lizzie said that there's a note left from her, but nobody has the note. Like, this Oh, note, she just said it. Like, yeah. She didn't like, there is the no, note. yeah, there is no, like, physical evidence of a mm-hmm. note. Okay. Dun, dun. Makes sense. So, after finishing the windows, Bridget said that she took a nap. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie woke her up about 11.15 and stated that someone had killed her father. So, a next-door neighbor named Adelaide Churchill testified that she returned home in the early morning and saw Bridget running over to Dr. Bowen's house. Mm-hmm. She went to the house and saw Lizzie standing at the screen door, and Lizzie told Adelaide that her father was dead. So this is what she said in court. Mm-hmm. Where is your father? In the sitting room. And I said, where were you when it happened? And she said, so Lizzie said, I went to the barn to get a piece of iron. I said, where is your mother? She said, I don't know. She had got a note from someone who was sick, but I don't know. But she is killed too, for I thought I heard her come in. So then Lizzie said, father must have an enemy, for we all have been sick, and we think the milk had been poisoned. She continued by saying, Miss Russell, another neighbor, came soon afterwards 
and Lizzie said that she wished someone would try to find Mrs. Borden. So Bridget and I started. She led the way, and I went upstairs. I turned my head to the left, and when I got up so my eyes were level with the front hall, I could see across the floor of the spare room. At the far side, I saw nothing that looked like... I saw something that looked like the form of a person. I turned and went back. I don't know what I did. I went to the dining room and made some noise or other, and Miss Russell said, is there another? And I said, yes, she is up there. That's weird. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just how she acted about it. She's like, yeah, she's upstairs. Yeah. Also dead. Like, nonchalantly saying it. That's the neighbor saying it. Yeah. Not That she said that, though. No. Lizzie did find the mom. Oh, the neighbor found the mom. Okay. The neighbor found the mom. Yeah. But there's also, like, stuff in different sources that Mm -hmm. say that Lizzie never, like, cries or, like, breaks down or anything. Like, even during interrogation, she, like, never does. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, "Mm, if my dad was was dead on the floor, I'd probably be sobbing. Of your own house, too. Like, you don't think that you were ever in danger, too, if someone didn't like your family? probably be sobbing hysterically yeah yeah so lizzie claims that she finds her father Mm -hmm. and then this neighbor finds abby Mm -hmm. okay so i think we should look at the timeline Mm -hmm. of what happened because a lot goes down that morning Mm -hmm. because we're still in mourning here like i said six o'clock a.m bridget leaves her room to get breakfast ready about seven o'clock andrew and abby come downstairs and then john also leaves the guest Mm -hmm. room to go to the kitchen at 8.15, Lizzie comes down to the kitchen for breakfast. At 8.45, John leaves the home to go to town and visit friends. And then Andrew locks the doors. Um, this comes in later, but a few weeks or so before the murders, someone had broken into the house. Mm-hmm. So now they lock their doors whether somebody's in the house or not. Gotcha. So their doors are always locked. So he goes and he locks the door after Did, John leaves. Do you know anything about the break-in? Like if they stole stuff or? I think they stole stuff. Okay. I have that somewhere. Gotcha. So at 9 a.m., it's suspected that Abby's killed at 9 in the morning. Mm -hmm. So 15 minutes after John leaves. Okay. At 9.15, Andrew leaves the home to walk to town, which is five minutes away. Mm -hmm. So according to this timeline, Abby's killed before Andrew even leaves the house, Hmm. which is interesting. Oh, because John left, Andrew locked the door, Mm -hmm. and he's still home. Correct. Okay. And then Abby gets killed, mm-hmm. and then 15 minutes later, Andrew leaves. So at 9.30, Andrew gets back home. 9.45, he goes into the sitting room to take a nap, mm-hmm. which is where he's killed, in the sitting room. So at 11.10, so between 9.45 and 11.10, mm-hmm. this is when Bridget, you know, is claiming that she's cleaning and going to the barn mm-hmm. and getting water and, like, doing all this stuff. Her so, chores for the day. Correct. So at 11.10... Lizzie calls for Bridget and tells her that Andrew's dead. Mm-hmm. Lizzie does not come into the sitting room, sees her father from a distance, so she doesn't physically go into the room. She mm-hmm. can see it. At 11.15, Dr. Bowen, who's that neighbor, mm-hmm. comes to the house and discovers him. At 11.20, the police are called. At 11.30, John comes back to the house. Mm-hmm. At 11.45, Dr. Dolan, the medical examiner, comes to the house. And at 1 p.m., Andrew's taken to the morgue. So a lot happens before 1 p.m. of yeah. that day. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I just a nice timeline of yeah. of the morning. So, before you go to the crime scene part. Okay, so this I don't know if this will be confusing because it's like a little different. Well, at least what I found, maybe it's just because it's like lacking as much detail. Mm-hmm. But like it felt different to me 
So I had that, all the same stuff, like where they were killed and who was home. Mm -hmm. So like that Bridget was home. But so Lizzie claims that on the day of the murders, walked in the home from coming in the barn, like you said, and found, saw her father's body. Mm -hmm. She yelled for Bridget or Maggie, who was resting on the third floor. But I was like, even though it's the third floor, I thought it was weird if Bridget didn't hear anything. Mm -hmm. Because to me, like, nowadays, like, people wear headphones or whatever and, like, can't hear more understandable. But, like, back then in these old houses, I feel like she would hear something if someone was being murdered one or two floors below her. Yeah. But, you know, she's also sick. So she's probably not in, yeah. like, the headspace. But also, you know, she's talking about cleaning the windows inside and outside. Mm-hmm. She's going to the barn to get water. Yeah. So But then did possible. she not pass the room that was some a dead body was in? I don't know. I just thought that was suspicious. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying, like, I don't even know if Bridget is involved in any way. But it was just weird to me that she didn't hear it. Yeah. And so I said it reminded me of Legally Blonde when she's like, you took a shower after a perm. And, like, <laughs> like that doesn't make how many, sense. How many perms have you gotten in yeah. your lifetime? So wouldn't it make sense that somebody who's gotten, say, I don't know, the number 30 yeah. perms in her life would know that you can't shower right after? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I thought it was you walking through the door. <laughs> so then when we talked, you talked, like, you only brought up a doctor once, like, that a doctor came in the timeline. timeline. Mm-hmm. So apparently, at least from this website, this is the Smithsonian Magazine, mm-hmm. that Lizzie asked Mag, yeah, Maggie Bridget, slash Bridget, to go get a doctor, like, when she saw the body. Mm-hmm. But she told her to only go to the doctor that's, like, across the street, which was... Dr. Bowen, I think. Yeah, which was not... This is where the Irish thing comes into play, because he wasn't Irish. He wasn't an Irish doctor. Oh, so she said go specifically to him because he's not Irish. I think so. Which is so weird because Maggie's mm-hmm. from Ireland. Yeah. So that's what I think. I I mean, I could... It could be flipped. Maybe they, she's more... She likes Irish people and maybe he wasn't Irish. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. Whatever. Whichever way. She told him... Told Maggie to go to this guy's house specifically. Mm-hmm. But their next door neighbor was also a doctor. And, like, diagonal to their house was also a doctor. And they oh. didn't even go to their houses. Interesting. So I thought that was weird. Yeah. And that's why like, the article was like, what? Suspicious. So... And then she um, continued to, like, tell those stories and people. That was what happened that day. And, like, Mm. Maggie basically went to the doctor's house. No one was home. And he, like, so he didn't get there in time to help help him. I don't know. So, yeah. That's uh, interesting. I just thought that was, like, weird to me. But I had all the same other things. Yeah. Interesting tidbit. I didn't realize that there were, like, four other doctors in the neighborhood. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, it could just be, like, also not true. But that's what. Maybe he was, like, the only one that, like, they were cool with. Like, you know how you have neighbors where Mm -hmm. you're, like, ill? Yeah, but, like, if your dad is dead or dying... Listen, there's a lot of things that Lizzie does that make no sense in this case. Like, you would go to any doctor you can to help him, but... No, only non-Irish doctors, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, that was the only thing I had to add. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Go forth. (laughs) The crime scenes. So, let's talk about the house for a second, because mm-hmm. so this, this is important. So, the house itself is three stories. The first floor has the lobby, the kitchen, the front room, the sitting room, so where Andrew was found, and mm-hmm. the dining area. The second floor has the bedroom of Andrew and Abby, Lizzie's room, Emma's room, and the guest room where John spent the night, mm-hmm. and where Abby's body's found. 
and then the third floor was just like all of Bridget's room. Mm-hmm. So the reason why like the house is important to know, and where you said like didn't she walk past the bodies? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly which rooms or whatever, but certain rooms in the house could only be accessed by certain staircases. Mm. Oh, there's multiple staircases. Yes. So, that's one of the arguments that the police have, where mm-hmm. it's like, it had to be somebody in the house, mm-hmm. because they would have to know the structure of the house, or maybe the killer just guessed, mm-hmm. like, which staircases to use. Yeah. Because if it is an outside person, they would want to get in and get out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you can't, you know, waste time by going, oh, crap, this mm-hmm. is the wrong staircase. Yeah. So, that's why you were like, when she walked past the body... Maybe she took a different staircase or something. Yeah, maybe there's a, maybe there's even, like, a servant's staircase yeah, or something, something like that. Yeah, Okay. So that's important to know. Mm-hmm. So the poem says that Abby had 40 wax and her father had 41, which mm-hmm. is not true. It's <laughs> just rhyme. It's overkill, but I'm yeah. bum. <laughs> um, so Andrew had 10 blows to his head and Abby had 18. So mm-hmm. the poem, like, really just went mm-hmm. for it. Oh, and I forgot to say, when you read the poem, it says that she took an axe. She actually used, well, the weapon was a hatchet. hatchet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. So, so, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> so, Abby's blood was dark and sticky around her body. So, that means that that murder happened a while ago. Mm-hmm. And according to the timeline, she was killed even before Andrew leaves the house. Mm-hmm. But Andrew's blood was still dripping, which means his death was pretty recent. Mm-hmm. So, the argument about the blood is that it could not have been done by an outsider, because the difference in the consistency in the blood shows that the murders were done far apart, maybe an hour and a half apart. Okay. But during that documentary, the retired homicide investigator thinks that it was a burglary gone wrong and believes that the murders were only 15 minutes apart. Mm. So different from, like, the timeline and stuff. And then the forensic psychology professor that they had on the documentary believes Mm -hmm. that it had to be somebody who knew the layout of the house because, like I said, only certain rooms in the house could only be reached by specific staircases. Hmm. So there's different arguments that say, yeah, the murders took place 15 minutes Mm -hmm. apart. There are people who think it took an hour and a half apart. Yeah. But Abby was definitely killed first because Mm -hmm. her body was there longer because her blood was really dark and sticky. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. It's weird to have, like, differing... I mean, it it matters. It matters and it doesn't matter, like, how far apart they were for the case. Mm-hmm. Because whether or not we say it's an hour and a half or 15 minutes apart, people home are the same. It's still Lizzie and Bridget. Right. The only ones home. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out if it was a stranger or not. Yeah, because then it, it could be closer together if it right. was a stranger. Right, okay. because, you know, you have Lizzie and uh, Bridget who are mm-hmm. still home. Yeah. So, it'd be different if nobody was home at all and it was only Andrew and Abby. Yeah. Because then, it still could be an outsider. You know, they have more mm-hmm. time. Yeah. But even if no one being home, you still want to get out as soon as possible yeah. in case somebody comes you home. You wouldn't wait an hour and a half in between right. them. Yeah. But if it's somebody who lives in the house. Mm-hmm. Just did it, like, you know, as they yeah, could. Really. They, yeah. You know, they could wait an mm-hmm. hour and 15 minutes between. Yeah. Especially if Andrew wasn't home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So the autopsies. So the medical examiner was W.A. Dolan. Mm-hmm. He described the injuries, but reports were different back then, and they didn't offer a cause of death. So you now you know that medical examiners now will give a cause of death. Mm-hmm. So there, I could go through like all the details of the report. I'm not going to mm-hmm. because it doesn't really matter. 
but the autopsies were performed one week after, which I thought was really weird. Mm-hmm. Does that usually happen? I mean, now I have no idea because it's probably more efficient now, I would think, than back then. Because maybe it was just like, I don't know, maybe they didn't even do autopsies for people. Yeah. Like we had this discussion on another case, like, who do, they, who do you do an autopsy for? Like maybe they yeah. didn't do it often and right. who knows. And if like, it also depends on how the bodies were preserved. Like if they yeah. were preserved the right way to like perform an autopsy that long after mm-hmm. or if they were just like sitting around like decaying, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought one week was really, like, a long time, Mm -hmm. especially for homicides. Yeah. Because I feel like, wouldn't you want to find the person as quickly as Mm -hmm. possible? Yeah. And that, yeah, that could just be, it could just be the case, or it could be just the time of, yeah, like, in the 1800s thing. See, I thought that was weird. Mm -hmm. Okay, so remember earlier when we were talking about the cyanide and Mm -hmm. the poisoning? Yeah. So Lizzie tried to buy cyanide. Mm -hmm. And then Abby believed that the that they were all being poisoned yeah. with the milk because Andrew was not well liked. Mm-hmm. So during and they the all od- fell sick. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. Okay. So during the autopsies, the prosecution knew about her trying to buy cyanide. Mm-hmm. So like we said, Lizzie's the main suspect. So they're hoping that during the autopsies they can find some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, bad chemical in their bodies. Yeah. They didn't find anything. They. The uh, medical examiner, this Dr. Dolan, dissected their stomachs, and he did find evidence that uh, that it was mm-hmm. food poisoning. Um, the weird thing about that, so the podcast I listened to said that since they were such a rich family, like food poisoning was common back then mm-hmm. because they didn't have the means, like not everyone had the means to preserve their food. Yeah, like refrigerators and freezers right. and stuff like that. Right, mm-hmm. but, but this podcast made the point that since they were such a rich family, they probably had a freezer. But who knows, because they didn't even have a bathroom. Yeah. So, so food poisoning was a common thing back yeah. then because they nobody really nobody knew like the things we know now about like yeah make sure you cook your chicken all the way mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah so or even the milk like or they said like oh the milk is poison but yeah could have just been a milk spoiled milk yeah not yeah. <laughs> not being kept well yeah and so the medical examiner mm-hmm. determined that there was evidence mm-hmm. that there w- it was food poisoning yeah so I don't know why Lizzie was buying cyanide. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, that's a in. I don't know if do you talk about that later at all. Anything else about that? About the cyanide? Yeah. No. Someone. I mean, after we'll talk about the court cases and obviously, um, but people think that she was just like misidentified and it was like someone else trying to buy it mm. and they said like they just said like oh it was her but that's what they say mm, it was, she was like misidentified but yeah I mean the thing is that even if to me it doesn't make sense if she was trying to buy it let's say it actually was her. Mm-hmm. And she didn't buy it because, unless she stole it or something, but I don't know if it was, like, kept away, whatever. Yeah. So, she wasn't able to use that to poison, technically, unless she got it from somewhere else, which she could have. But also, yeah, I guess if you want to poison them to kill them to make sure they're home and sick or whatever, that would be a reason. But, like, if you're going to kill them with a hatchet, why even go through the trouble of poisoning them? I don't know. I wonder if she tried to poison them and they just weren't dying. Yeah. And she was oh, like, maybe. And she's like, I just screw need it. To do it. We'll yeah. just we'll just use a hatchet. Maybe. Yeah. That makes sense too. Yeah. yeah. Or like I said, just to keep them home. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're sick. Don't go to work. To just stay home. To like have that opportune moment to yeah. like do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a couple reasons I guess she could have poisoned, yeah. but 
Yeah, it was just weird. I feel like they probably weren't poisoned, but who mm-hmm. knows if... I don't even know if cyanide, like, since their bodies were sitting for a week, if that effect... If, well, cyanide, oh. like, disintegrate, That's a good you point. know, like... That's a good point. Well, the stomach acids yeah. dissolve it. Who knows, but yeah. Yeah, that whole week after thing... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about that. So, it could have been a lot of things. So. Makes me feel weird that he waited a week yeah. to look at bodies that mm-hmm. were of homicides. Yeah. Like, I know. Like, I don't know. It's just... Yeah. Dun dun. It just <laughs> seems suspicious. But I definitely think that their cause of death was the hatchet wax. Yeah, for sure. Not the poisoning. <laughs> Either no. way. No, you know, you don't you don't die after getting hit 18 times in the head with a yeah. hatchet. There's no way. And then the poison kills you after yeah. that. There's no way. That would be some luck. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. To survive a hatchet attack. And, and then you're like, like wow, I'm okay. <laughs> and then you drink like some bad milk that's poison. And you're like, dang. That's, that's, that's what the gets one. you. That's yeah. the one. That's, that's why I don't drink milk. <laughs> I hate milk. You just had coffee that had milk. No, in. no, no. I can't drink straight milk. Oh, I, I used to. But I don't. I try not to drink straight. Milk. Ew, it's disgusting. Milk and cookies. I eat. I no, like almond milk. Oh no, I only milk like milk from a cow. Ew. I only like almond milk in things like in coffee or yeah. in. Like, well, I'm not paying an extra twelve dollars oh, yeah. at Starbucks yeah. to put almond milk in my coffee. No, I agree. But Which, I'll, I'll have milk in cereal. And no, I gotta have almond milk. Like, really? I'll put almond milk in my smoothies. Mm. I can't. Oh, I do too for smoothies. Yeah. I, oh. Almond milk in smoothies is good. I have a good recipe. I'll just tell you. Oh, I have a good one too. Okay. Yeah. We'll share. <laughs> this has now turned into a, this is a food podcast yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> nutritional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Suspects. <laughs> dun, dun. So, like I said, Andrew Borden was not well-liked in the town. Mm-hmm. His net worth was $400,000, which is close to about $10 million today. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Of course, suspect number one, Lizzie. Mm-hmm. No physical evidence connected her to the murders. There, <laughs> That's weird to just me. Just none. She, like, lived in the house. There has to be some evidence. Apparently, there's none. There was a dress that she burned in the kitchen several days after the murders, though. Mm-hmm. So, the podcast stated that she burned it when she found out that she was being investigated. And, do you have who said that she burned it? Miss Russell. Who's that? Their family friend, neighbor. Oh, okay. I Wait, let me see. Who did I have that said that? Someone said. I'll have to find it in my notes. But yeah, someone was like, oh, I saw her burning it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who's that family friend? Because okay. she stayed with them mm-hmm. after the murders oh, yeah, yeah. to, like, be with them, mm-hmm. to make sure they were okay, and, like, yeah. all this stuff. And so when she was like, what's up? Why mm-hmm. you burning that dress? You know, as they talked in the mm-hmm. 1800s. What's up? What's dude? up? Why you burn that dress, dog? <laughs> she said that she spilled paint on it and she couldn't get it cleaned. But at, so at the trial, sorry if I jump ahead, no, but no, this no, is fine. like has to do with the dress. So she got inquested two days later and she says that she's wearing the same dress she was wearing that day. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. She like tells them that, oh, this is the dress I was wearing that day which i'm like why you change your clothes what the frick or she just didn't wash them i don't know or she burned it and she was like yeah yeah i mm-hmm. i don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about this is the dress i wore yeah yeah but they found small blood splatter not splatters but small like blood on the hem of it so oh. just meaning like maybe she walked through the blood yeah. or something yeah. so there wasn't like i mean if you wax them with a hatchet there'll be blood all over the dress probably but yeah, they did say that they found trace blood on the hem of what she said she was wearing the day of the mm. murders. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. what I had to say about the dress. <laughs> the dress. The dress. Yeah. So, suspect number two mm-hmm. is called suspect one. 
-hmm. Several months before the murder, someone had broken into the house and took many things, including money. Because of the break-in, like I said, Andrew decided to keep all the doors unlocked even during the day when somebody was home. Mm -hmm. The thief was never caught, but some people think that he came back and was confronted. So that mm -hmm. homicide, that, that retired homicide detective from the documentary believes that it was a burglary gone wrong. Gotcha. Because he's like, I've, I've like looked at cases mm -hmm. in my own career where that happens. Yeah. Where someone suspects that nobody's home, mm -hmm. they break in, they get confronted, they freak out, yeah. and then they kill him. Which does happen, but yeah. it's, it's, I feel like it's unlikely with this case. There's no sign of a break-in. There's no sign of a break-in, and there's, like, all those staircases like we mm -hmm. talked about. And even if they broke in and stole stuff, that doesn't mean they were able to learn the layout of the house. All right. Like, have it, like, mm -hmm. memorized. Like, Weird. I go in a house, I barely I barely remember the second yeah. time I'm in a house. I'm where pretty sure you asked me a lot, like, where my bathroom was. The yeah. first time, like, <laughs> yeah. the first few times you came over, you're like, where's yeah. your bathroom? Yeah. I'm like, well, we got two. Which one would you like to go to? The upstairs or the downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I mean, you have to have it in the back of your head. Right. So that could be what happened. I didn't even know. I So the house you live in now, I had mm -hmm. no idea you had an attic. Yeah, well, that we didn't door, use it. Well, that door <laughs> to come upstairs to your attic, didn't even notice it was there. It appeared, like, magically. Because when you were like, oh, yeah, it's the door that's right here. And mm -hmm. then, because we were on the phone when you were telling me, and I'm like, where is that door? <laughs> like, it's I like have, a Narnia door. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what has happened? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what door you're talking about. I go, that one's the bathroom, that one's the guest room, that one's your room. <laughs> I think you have a closet door. Do no, you have a closet door no. in your hallway? No, in the bathroom we have a closet. Oh, closet. see, I've been in your house, what? <laughs> At least 20 times. And I live in a small house. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> do you know we have a basement? I do. Okay. That's where your washing yeah. machine is. Yeah. <laughs> You've, you never let me go in the basement, though, which I think is... I never let you go in the basement? Have you asked? Well, when I spilled coffee two episodes yeah. ago on myself, and I was taking the towel, yeah. I was like, do you want me to put it by your washing dryer? You're like, no, just put it by the, yeah, by the door. Yeah, that's true. Which got hiding Suspicious. down in your basement. <laughs> dun, dun. No, I, uh, I didn't just... I didn't think you wanted to walk three stories down, so... But you can go down. It's creepy, though. My basement is creepy. It's like... You think everything's creepy. No, my basement's You're creepy. a paranoid person. I'll let you look at my basement. It's creepy. And <laughs> my mom is even afraid to go in my basement. I'll, I'll let you go down to my basement in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Clean stuff. Yeah. Let me get some peroxide <laughs> Hydrogen peroxide wash. Dun -dun. Dun -dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. All right. So some theorize that Lizzie and Bridget committed the murders. Mm -hmm. And that Bridget was paid to go back to Ireland. But she never did. Hmm. There was also a rumor that there was a deathbed confession from Bridget. Mm -hmm. But it was never verified. Why I, Why do I have, like, so much trust in Bridget? <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, trust her. I'm like, she was washing the windows. She was sleeping. <laughs> she was Which sick. I said. I Well, I guess I don't because I was like, that's suspicious you ain't here. Which I do still think that, but... Yeah, I don't, I feel like, I don't, know. I don't she have a been, feeling. She could have been getting a drink at the barn. Yeah. I have a feeling that she didn't do it. But that's just me. Who who am I? <laughs> but yeah, there's like a, there's a deathbed confession from her where she said that she knew, like, Lizzie was there mm. and that she covered for her because there are rumors. Oh, so she's saying that That she Lizzie covered for it. her and that she lied in court mm -hmm. because there are rumors going around that Bridget and Lizzie were in a relationship. Mm. Which could be true. Which could be true. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? So, that confession was never verified. Mm -hmm. So, John, the uncle, is also a suspect for a time. Mm -hmm. He knew the layout of the home. Yes. But what would his motive be? Some think it was money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like maybe he would get stuff if his brother died. Yeah. So, his brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, yes. Yeah. Sorry. 
Okay. So his business ventures weren't going very well, mm-hmm. and he needed an influx in money. Mm-hmm. But again, there's no real evidence that he killed. And his alibi checks out. People are like, no, we saw him in town. Mm-hmm. So Emma, so the other sister, so many thought that the sisters had planned it out together, mm-hmm. but that Emma never did any of the actual killing, that she was just part of the planning. Yeah. And again, it was verified that she was 15 miles away from the house. But there is a theory that the alibi is fake and that she was actually waiting in the attic for the telegram. There is no evidence of a guy on a horse coming to the house to give her a telegram. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, like, what? waiting for the telegram. In her attic? In her attic. I don't know. They're like, where's Emma? In the I attic. I need to tell her about the murder that's downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I don't know. That's so weird. she's never charged with yeah. it. Another suspect is an unknown laborer. So the same afternoon that the bodies were found... A laborer was arrested and considered a suspect, but was then released. There isn't a lot of information on him, Mm -hmm. but he's the suspect. (laughs) Just a guy. Just a guy. So, William Borden. Who the heck is that guy? Yeah. I didn't get a background on him, Kara. (laughs) So, William Borden was the slightly mentally handicapped, illegitimate son of Andrew. Remember, Mm. this is the 1800s. Not good to have kids outside of marriage. I mean, still not good. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, outside of your marriage. (laughs) Yes. Like, <laughs> but not it's, before marriage. It's not as frowned upon yeah. now to have yeah. kids oh, yeah. when not you're not married. married. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were saying that he was, like, had an affair and... Oh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't know if that's oh, okay. the case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when he had this kid. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, please don't cheat on your spouse. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, still not okay. <laughs> I was more of, like... Yeah, before you're married. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so... They had an argument several days before the murders about Andrew not giving William any money from the estate. There was no resolution to the argument, and they were both mad at each other at the time of the killing. No one seems to think he was the killer because of the fact that he was mentally handicapped. Mm -hmm. But there is a theory that both the sisters, so Lizzie and Emma, Mm -hmm. John the uncle, Lizzie's defense attorney, and even Dr. Bowen, that neighbor, knew that he committed the crimes, and they wanted to protect him. So they have Lizzie as, like, a scapegoat yeah. because they knew that she would not be found guilty. Huh. That's weird. So. That's, like, yeah, I didn't hear about that one, but it's weird that all those people would be, like, in on it, like. Yeah. Because there is the whole thing that, and, and you know, I say this later, that Lizzie's a woman. Mm-hmm. She's a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. She's a Christian lady. Mm-hmm. She would never do these. Mm-hmm. So if it's between her and William, if William did do it, mm-hmm. he would have probably got convicted yeah. for it. So Especially if, even with his handicap, people yeah. would think, like, he's not mentally stable. Right. So, unfortunately, mm-hmm. he probably would have went down for yeah. it. We're like, Lizzie has a better chance of getting free, mm-hmm. so we'll just have her take the fall mm-hmm. for it. Hmm. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so, random note. As we look at the wounds received by Mr. and Mrs. Borden, we can draw some conclusions about the relationship, if any, between the, Bur- the Bordens and the killers. Since many were personally violent and directed towards the head, one mm-hmm. would believe that there was a close relationship between the killer and the victim. However, that is mere conjecture at this point. Also, we know that the upstairs guest bedroom was accessible only by the front staircase, and the bedroom of the parents were accessible only by the rear staircase. Did the killer know this and was just fortunate to pick the right stairways mm-hmm. to come up? Upon Mrs. Borden cleaning up the bedroom, after Mr. Morris had left, did the previous burglary of the house have any connection to the murders Mm -hmm. so that is a quote from like the police and stuff 
Mm-hmm. So it just talks more about like the staircases specifically. Yeah. Them kind of like doing it to the head and stuff. Mm-hmm. Believe that you know it was, there was a personal relationship yeah. to the to the victim. So. I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely feel it. And, I mean, if we're thinking about the William Borden part, like, did he know the house well? Who knows? And did, like, Lizzie and Emma even know about him? Like, do you know? I have no idea. Yeah, like, who knew? Maybe Andrew was the only one that knew. So, it's hard to know if he was, like, Because according to, yeah, because according to, like, the theory that Lizzie takes the fall, Mm -hmm. I would think that they would have to know who he is. Yeah. Um, Like, the doctor knows, apparently. Yeah. Like... So, I don't know. That just makes me think it wasn't him because I doubt he would have, like, all this knowledge of the house unless they were close. Right. Closer. I have no but idea. But then we would, I feel like he'd be in the story more, not just, like, a little, like, Yeah, like a suspect, him. yeah. I definitely think it was someone close because of the staircases and the way they were killed. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. For sure. Do you have anything else before we get to the trial? No, I don't think so. I think we covered everything all on right. that part. Okay. <laughs> so, the trial. So Lizzie claims that she was in the barn at the time of the murder. Mm -hmm. The documentary said that she was looking for stuff to fish with, but the podcast says that she was eating a snack. Doesn't really matter what she was doing in the barn. Fish. She was going fishing. She was going fishing. What matters is that, remember when I was giving, like, the background of the town? It Mm -hmm. was a super, super hot day. Like, exceptionally hot day, Mm -hmm. apparently, in the town. So it would be really hot in the loft at the time of the murders especially Mm -hmm. if we're talking morning yeah and when she was questioned she said she was up in the loft for like 30 minutes so police are like it's really hot today Mm -hmm. you're telling me that you were up in the hot loft of the barn for Mm -hmm. 30 minutes yeah and then when they went up there to see like stuff there's no like the dust is still there there's nothing that like she said that she was up there like eating pears or something Mm -hmm. there's no like pear remnants or anything like that Okay. So they're like, hmm, suspicious. I don't see any evidence of you being in this loft. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's really hot. Yeah. Plus, you know, women wore dresses with corsets yeah. and stuff. Hot. Hot, yeah. Yeah, so. And it's like August. Yeah. Freaking hot in August. Hot. So, the prosecution, like we said, went straight forward and only had Lizzie as the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. The defense only needed to poke holes in the story because the defense was pretty sure, like, obviously they're the defense. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, no, she didn't do this. Yeah. And like I said, there is no physical evidence that really draws her to mm-hmm. it. So all the defense really had to do was to poke holes in yeah, their story. make them doubt, the jury doubt. So this is a little messed up. So the prosecution brings in the actual skulls of the parents. Oh. So the medical examiner had decapitated the, the heads. Oh my gosh. They brought the skulls into the courtroom to see, like, the wounds on the skulls. Uh-huh. And Lizzie ends up fainting. Oh my gosh. So this backfires on the prosecution because now the jury has sympathy for her. Yeah. Because she faints in the courtroom after seeing the skulls of Abby mm-hmm. and Andrew. Hmm. This hatchet. So, some places say that the hatchet was in the attic. Mm-hmm. Some people say that they found it in the basement. Doesn't really matter. But the hatchet was completely clean even after they studied it and there mm-hmm. was no handle and the handle was never found. Yeah, I had that too that they, every axe or hatchet they found was like completely clean. Yeah. So, so that could be described as so the podcast talks about an incident where Lizzie had these, like, pigeons in the barn that she, like, really cared for. (laughs) This hatchet could have been broken because of this incident. So the Mm -hmm. podcast talks about an incident where Lizzie had these pigeons in the barn that she just, like, cared for. They Mm -hmm. were, like, her pets, kind of. And her dad was like, I don't need these nasty birds in my thing. Mm -hmm. So he ends up hacking these birds to death. Oh, my gosh. Poor birds. Yeah, and so Lizzie, of course, like, freaks out, Mm -hmm. which, you know, could be 
also part of the motive. Yeah. Dun dun. So that could be why the hatchet was broken. Yeah. But again, completely clean. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, no blood on it. And like, I, I mean, who does she have all the tools to, like clean blood off things? Like, I know they didn't have all the things back then to look for like blood particles right. and stuff as yeah. we do now. But like, you have to clean it pretty well, I would think. Yeah. Because is it? It's luminol, right? That can find blood. I have no idea. Like, wa- like cleaned up. I think mm-hmm. it's luminol. Yeah. Like, it makes it, like, blue and, like... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's luminol. Yeah. But yeah. So I don't know what they had, but... Yeah. Probably not luminol. Yeah, I'm sure now, if that they found that... They could it, definitely... In the same situation, they could, they could definitely, tell. yeah. Yeah. You know, at the time, people didn't think that women were capable of Doing murders something. this brutal. Yeah. Which, of course, we know is not true. Yeah. <laughs> like, S- they it's can. sexist. <laughs> women can kill just yeah. as good as men. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true, though, but... Yeah, it's like... Yeah. People back then, even in the 1900s, are like, oh, this girl couldn't have hacked this person or killed this kid or, like, yeah. all this stuff because, yeah, but there's equally mm-hmm. messed up women out there. Yeah. And, you know, she was a Sunday school teacher, so, mm-hmm. you know, she's known in the community. Yeah. She's a rich woman. She's a Christian. She teaches Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So people were like, yeah, there's no way yeah. that she could have done this. So what would be her motive? She hates her stepmom. Yeah. Just can't stand her. But that's the thing. I, like, in my research, it found that there is no, like, really, besides them just not liking her, like, just, you yeah, know. Like I which said, is common, I think, with, yeah, like, step-parents. Yeah. But there was never, like, it didn't seem like they were had a bad relationship. Right. Yeah. Like so. like I said, nobody, nobody ever saw or reported anything mm-hmm. that Abby was physically abusive to no, the girls. Yeah. So, who knows? More on her motive. So, Andrew bought Abby's half-sister a house, and Emma and Lizzie were pissed. Mm-hmm. They were mad because they're like, you can buy her a house, but we can't get a nicer house than this. We can't go to the bathroom inside. Yeah. What the heck, (laughs) dad? So he would sign properties over to Abby and they were also, I have pissed because (laughs) they believed that if Andrew died, Abby would have everything. Mm -hmm. And if Abby died, her half sister would get everything and the girls would get nothing. Hmm. So Lizzie starts to pull away. And like I said, she would avoid going down for meals. Mm -hmm. She would be like, oh, I'm just not feeling good because she did not. She couldn't see on Abby. Yeah. So she wanted to be as far away from her as possible and have as less contact with her as possible. Mm -hmm. And she bought a house with her inheritance money from the murders. Mm -hmm. So investigators think. So remember, the house is locked, right? And there's Mm -hmm. no sign of a break in. So investigators think. Lizzie purposefully locked all three locks on the door to make sure no one could come in. Mm-hmm. So this is weird because she usually leaves at least one of them unlocked so her dad could come back in after he gets back from doing his business things. Mm-hmm. So it's thought that she kills Abby while her father is at work, even though the timeline kind of says uh, that yeah. it's before. Again, the timeline and stuff is, is mm-hmm. off a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's thought that she kills Abby before her father's at work. So then that way, if he comes home while she's doing it, he's stopped by these locks mm-hmm. until somebody lets him in the house. Because usually he can walk in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because remember, her blood was sticky, so she'd been there for a while before she was found. Yeah. What about her being clean after Andrew's murder? Lizzie being clean? Yeah. Because yeah. if Lizzie did it, mm-hmm. you know, she would have plenty of time to get cleaned up mm-hmm. after Abby's murder. Yeah. Especially if Bridget was in on it. Mm-hmm. Because then Bridget, oh, yeah. because then Bridget wouldn't be like, "Yo, why is your dress all bloody?" Yeah. As they talked back then, 
<laughs> you know, so if they were in on it, she yeah. would know why. So how did she get rid of the dress? Did Bridget help her get rid of the dress after she killed Abby? Mm-hmm. Because remember, Lizzie claims to have talked to her dad when he gets home from work. So she can't yeah. have blood all over her. Well, she claims that, but who knows? Right. Yeah, like, we can't and if Bridget, say that. And if Bridget's in on it, yeah. she's going to back up that story mm-hmm. and be like, yes, I heard Lizzie talk to her mm-hmm. dad. So if she did talk to her dad, did Bridget help her get rid of the bloody dress mm-hmm. before her dad gets home? But then she bloodies two dresses, basically. Right. And then has another dress from at least my notes that has blood on it during the case that's like right. specks of blood. That might, this might be where the specks of blood come mm-hmm. in. So what about her being clean after Andrew's murder? Mm-hmm. The professor um, of forensic psychology that speaks on the documentary notices that in the crime scene photo of Andrew's crime scene, his overcoat is on the arm of the chair, almost like he's using that as a pillow. Mm-hmm. So she thought this was weird because he loved that coat. And so why would it be like wadded up mm-hmm. on the edge of the couch? And it was a hot day. So why would he even have a coat? So the theory is that Lizzie put the coat on almost like backwards mm-hmm. so that her arms went in first and it wasn't like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like a smock. Yeah. 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 To commit the murder. Mm-hmm. That way she would only have to wipe her hands and her face down. And this professor believes that nobody even touched or examined the coat. Which is weird mm-hmm. because it's like, wouldn't you notice that the coat had blood on it, even if it was mm-hmm. just wadded up and laying there? And didn't she, I mean... So maybe the dress that you're talking about mm-hmm. had specks on it because maybe the coat didn't cover yeah, it all that the way. Area. And then the dress that she used to kill Abby is the one that mm-hmm. she burned or that Bridget got rid of or something. Yeah. It is weird because if you're going to attack someone with a hatchet, you're going to have blood splatter. And then even if... They should have investigated the coat because if it's in the room with him during the murder, it's going to have blood on it as well. So it should have been looked at. Yeah. So maybe they maybe they did look at it mm-hmm. and they were just like, there's blood on this coat. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the, the photo of his body, mm-hmm. his head. So remember, the blows are to his head. Mm-hmm. So his head's like smashed in. Yeah. The yeah, his head is like at the edge of the couch, mm-hmm. the arm, and then the coat is on the arm. Yeah. So there would be blood on the coat. Mm-hmm. So if she did do that, that's really smart yeah. because there'd be blood on it already. From, yeah, suspicious. Yeah, that was kind of smart. Mm-hmm. If she was like, I'll just put it on as a smock and do yeah. it and then just wad it up like he's using it as a mm-hmm. pillow. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, now, yeah, like it's so uh, if this happened now, there's so many things we could look at because now there's blood splatter people that look at it. And I'm mm-hmm. sure if they looked at the blood splatter on the coat, they would be able to tell if like what direction it was facing when the murder happened or if someone was wearing it as like when they did the killing Mm -hmm. yeah like i said bridget allegedly confesses and says that she didn't tell the truth at the trial and stated that she heard lizzie Mm -hmm. um there's a theory like i said that bridget and lizzie were in a relationship the house is still there i think you can still walk through it yeah it's like when i was trying to do research it popped up and it was like for the lizzie borden home do you want to go yeah okay (laughs) we'll go some point we'll go and then some people even thought jack the ripper came to town Mm. because he was doing stuff yeah at the same time so people were like oh no jack the ripper just came to our small town yeah and killed people from last week the murders are they thought the that one guy possibly came through too Mm. they always like try to link it with a serial killer yeah but Um, yeah lizzie is found not guilty mm mm-hmm 
Yeah. And then, you know, like I said earlier, she moves in with Emma. They buy a house with the estate money. Mm-hmm. And then they have a falling out. Um, and as far as I know, Bridget just leaves, mm-hmm. like, working for the family after all this. Yeah, just walks away. Yeah. And this this whole thing follows Lizzie, even though she's found not guilty. Mm-hmm. This whole thing is looming over her. She's got this rhyme about her going around yeah. that makes it seem like that she's guilty. Yeah. Makes the murders sound more brutal. Mm-hmm. Than they were, you know, they're doing 40 and 41 wax, yeah. and it was only 10 and 18. Apples to apples. Apples, apples <laughs> to apples. Apples and oranges. <laughs> well, it's like 18 to 40, I mean, either way. Yeah, either way, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. So I have some stuff that you didn't mention. Lizzie didn't have a defense lawyer, actually, for a while. I don't know how long, but she did have many people coming to the trial as, like, a support for her. Because they, all the women thought she was innocent because, like, oh, women have to stick together and why would a woman do that? All, like, all the stuff you were saying. And then there was also a doctor that came and took the stand and said that, oh, because everyone was like, why isn't she crying? Like we said before. And that, like, that's suspicious and all this stuff. And a doctor said that he had to prescribe her morphine to sleep after the murders because oh, she was yeah. so I'm distressed. glad you brought this up because, yeah. yeah, that morphine thing's important. Yeah, like, she, like, basically, like, oh, she is in, dis- like, distress, like, so I had to prescribe her this. Yeah, because that morphine thing, I don't know if you have this, mm-hmm. but she wasn't making sense when she was being questioned. Yeah, that's and, what. Yeah, yeah she was on morphine and she mm-hmm. was not there. She was not all there. And yeah. they interrogated her without a lawyer, yeah. like, like you mm-hmm. said, yeah. Yeah, so they said that the thing she says, like, contradicts herself in interviews, and they attribute that to the morphine, um, like you said. And then, so Lizzie was arrested at one point on August 11th, one week after the murders, and she was sent to jail for nine months. And they just kept her in jail to, like, make sure, just to keep her there to, until the trials were over and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Uh, women's group rallied at her side and especially women in the christian temperance unit that she was like a part of and they protested at her trial and like i said it was a small courtroom but it was always packed with like supporters of her Mm -hmm. she could afford the best legal representation so she ended up hiring one of boston's most prominent defense lawyers and then joined the family attorney to advocate her innocence they were kept going back like of the evidence and the lack thereof like we said there was no bloody hatchet or axe found technically yeah and like i said about the dress like she said oh i'm wearing the same one and there is not much blood on it there is no bloody clothes found even though someone said they saw her burning it but they had no real proof of it Mm -hmm. and they just said like they didn't think that she did it because she was a protestant nun like i don't think she was a no i know no they like put it in quotes protestant nun like she was so good that like she couldn't have done it but the judge still thought that she was probably guilty, in quotes, so she should remain in jail. They brought the case before a grand jury in November, and 23 jurors were, like, a part of the case. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, also it's part of, like, the Irish thing. The jury consisted of farmers, tradesmen, and factory owners, most of which had daughters Lizzie's age. So, like, they were kind of, they think of their own daughters, and, sure. like, they could never do that. So it was kind of, like, swayed jury and only one of them was an irish person Hmm. so like they she was kind of what's the word it's not like racist maybe it is racist like towards irish people that's how they said she like she discriminates against them yeah discriminates against them so she discriminates against irish people they knew an irish person wouldn't go in her favor based on what the the trial was saying yeah so like i said they were before the grand jury they reconvened 
December 1st to hear a dramatic testimony, which we already talked about this. This is where Alice Russell is the one that said that she saw Mm -hmm. Lizzie burning the one dress. But Alice Russell stayed... This is just weird. I mean, it's not that important, I guess. But Alice Russell stayed in the house with Lizzie, a single 40-year-old woman, which I don't know if they were lovers, like possibly as Bridget. She stayed with Lizzie in the house. But apparently, the brutalized victims, like Abby and Andrew, were on stretched out on mortician boards in the dining room still. I don't know if that's true or not, but they're saying that they left the bodies in there, in the dining room, stretched out on mortician boards. Okay, if that is true, that's, that's messed, up. messed up. And this, like, Alice is like, yeah, I'll stay over even though there's dead bodies in the kitchen. No. What? Well, because the timeline that I read says that they took Andrew's body out at, like, one in the afternoon. Mm, so maybe it is wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. If that's, that is, that's weird, right? Yeah, I would say that's, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, as a daughter, I'm like... I don't want to sleep, one, I don't want to sleep in the same house mm-hmm. my parents were killed in anyway. Yeah. But two, to still have their bodies there. Yeah, and apparently no. she fainted when she saw the skulls. But I'm like, you saw, you might have seen their bodies every day. Or yeah. at least knew they were in the house. Right. Yeah, that's weird. So, and then they heard this testimony December 1st, which was a Sunday, the Sunday after the murders. So, they heard this testimony December 1st, but it said that Lizzie burned the dress that she hid in a pantry closet. Um, the Sunday after the murders. That could possibly the dress be the dress that Bridget got rid of. Yeah. After Abby, yeah. Mm -hmm. And hid it in that cupboard or whatever. Yeah, hid it somewhere. And during the trial, Lizzie's defense attorney told her to dress like a helpless maiden, even though she didn't act that way at all, like, in her everyday life. Like, Mm -hmm. she was, like, like, powerful, like, woman that knew, like, what she was worth, like, all that stuff. But they told her to dress in all black, a tight corset. She held flowers and a fan so like oh like i'm innocent i'm a girl just like that's like such a thing though yeah it's like it reminds (laughs) me of jody arias Mm -hmm. she's the one who was convicted of killing her boyfriend slash ex-boyfriend brutally because she was like you know people say that she was a beautiful woman i Mm -hmm. don't think she's that pretty (laughs) just saying but um you know like she you know would have like bleach blonde hair that she would Mm -hmm. dye and like all this stuff yeah but then when she walks into the courtroom she almost looks like very homely yeah like they have glasses on her mm-hmm. she's got like the straight across like bangs mm-hmm. like very like but you know what i mean yeah, like they yeah. make her look like super like innocent yeah yeah, yeah. so that's like a thing where yeah. you're like dress like this mm-hmm. so you th- so the jury thinks that you're not like that yeah yeah the newspapers described her as quiet modest and well-bred when she was in the courtroom so the <laughs> jury only convened for like what it was minutes yeah before they it was like said, 15 minutes yeah. yeah and then but they waited an hour to come out because they didn't want to seem like they got there too quickly and they said that she was innocent and yeah she stayed in her home but a lot of people shunned her didn't like her she's pestered with pranks she even had four years later she had a warrant out for her arrest for shoplifting oh i didn't know that yeah so she had something going on mm-hmm. maybe i don't know what the shoplifting has to do with anything but yeah she did have a warrant out and then she died in 1927, like you said earlier, from natural causes. So, yeah, that was the only thing I had to add. I just thought the, the jury was interesting and the possibility that the bodies were in the house. Yeah, that for that a week or make, something. That doesn't make sense to me yeah. that, that they would do that. So, who knows? But, yeah, that's it. That's, so, what do you think? Who I think it? that Lizzie did it. Who done it? I think that 
Lizzie and like someone else was in on it. And whether that's Emma or Bridget, someone had to be in on it. Yeah. I think, for her to like get away with the things that she did. Yeah. But I think she was the one that did the killings mm-hmm. and then someone knew. She had to have help doing it. Mm-hmm. Because there is that idea of whether the murders are an hour and a half apart, mm-hmm. whether three minutes apart, that's mm-hmm. a lot of blood to clean up. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, and it had to be planned, I think, ahead mm-hmm. of time. Like, this is the day after yeah. this youth can leave, and this is what we're going to do with the dress, the hatchet, the whatever it is. Like, yeah. But I also feel like there's a lot of cracks in the system. They didn't search the house probably as well. Like, if her dress really was in a cupboard, they should have been able to find that. If there is a weapon somewhere. Like, I just, it's not thoroughly searched as well yeah. as it would have been now. It's, what do you uh, think? Do you think she did it? Yeah. Kara just nods, yeah. thinking that people can see her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's my thing. If Bridget was cleaning windows, and mm-hmm. Lizzie was actually in the barn, and Bridget went to go get water from the barn and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, it's possible that it could be another burglary, but it's in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's mid-morning. Yeah. Is a burglar really going to come in to the house? Mm-hmm. And witnesses say, like, neighbors and stuff said they never saw anyone leave or enter yeah. the house whether that was lizzie leaving or entering or whether it was a random person leaving yeah or entering. so like yeah maybe it could be a stranger mm-hmm. or the same guy that robbed the house earlier mm-hmm. but, but yeah. not as likely i would say yeah because so then it goes back to like with how personal the crimes were mm-hmm. where it's like at the head yeah they're brutal you have to look at the person mm-hmm. to do it and them look at you and be, yeah. like, scared. That's also what makes me think it's somebody that they're close to. Mm-hmm. So, I think Lizzie and Bridget were in on it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, Bridget, I feel like she had to have heard something. It's so weird to me. Even yeah. if Even if she's cleaning windows, whether it's on the first floor. If you get hacked once and that doesn't kill you, you're going to scream. You're going to, like... Maybe. Like, it could be like, a shock. Yeah, it could be. But, like, I feel like you'd hear something. It's probably loud. I've never heard someone get hit with an axe, but it seems like it would be loud. Yeah. Hitting the floor, and, like, if they're still down whacking them, that's going to be loud. So, it is weird to me that, like, and, like, is that her house or the picture that we have it? Yeah. Like, that's not that big of a distance between the top floor and the bottom floor. I can hear things downstairs. Like, maybe not in the basement because the We'll post the pictures on Instagram. Yeah. I just, it's suspicious. Bridget didn't supposedly hear anything. And yeah, it could be like a lover's thing. Maybe more people knew about Bridget and Lizzie, like the parents, and were going to tell or kick them out or something. Like, Mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah, this is the house, and we'll post Mm -hmm. on Instagram, that they lived in after the murders. Mm -hmm. This looks like a much nicer house than this one up here. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. See what. I want, yeah, I want to see it inside because I do want to. I'm curious what the staircases yeah. look like because then I'll have a better picture of like if someone came in. Like if I came in not knowing this house and wanted to get to some room, would I be able to in like this amount of time? Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, yeah. I don't know. That. I don't know. It's weird. But that's the case. Good case. Of Andrew and Abby Borden's cold case murder. Yeah. It'll never be solved. Probably not. Yeah. It's too far, I think, out. There is a museum in the town, I think, that mm-hmm. has, like, you can look at the hatchet of, like, with the broken handle mm-hmm. and stuff off of it, so. Yeah, so if you live in that area, you can go see it. If not, if you ever go near Boston, 
fifty miles from Boston. Yeah. Fall River is the city. Two cold cases in a row. Yeah, sorry. No, no, it's okay. I like cold cases. I want to talk about like cons- speculate, yeah, and speculate, conspire, and yeah. yeah. So we'll see what we do next week. Is my pick, and I haven't thought about it really. <laughs> okay, that was me last week. I'm yeah. like, I got, I don't know. Yeah, year. yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, the episode's so long. <laughs> It's a, it was like a lot of information in yeah. the case. So. I went like overboard this week because I was like, whew, last yeah. week I was like listening to it, editing. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you don't talk ever. Yeah. Well, it's probably, it's like this week was more organized too because you have better organization than like, I normally just type out things and I'm like, all right, well, as they come up, I'll mention them. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. Good. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Alate Murder. And if you want us to do any cases, any con- any uh, conspiracies, my friend Emma was like, "Are you gonna do ghosts?" I'm like, mm. "I don't know, maybe." Okay. She got she got two ghosts in her house apparently. Mm. There's so. there's like a weird ghost story that I can do. Yeah, I mean, really anything. So if you have anything mm-hmm. that you all want us to talk about, you can email us mm-hmm. at murder at gmail dot com. <laughs> And let us know. All right. Thanks for listening. listening. Tune in next week for a latte murder. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs>